Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Phase zero bonus episode number three starts right now. This is your Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings discussion, review, breakdown, theories, Easter eggs, and we're going to ask all the questions we still don't know the answers to, but it's fun to talk about. I'm your host, Brandon Davis. Joined today at the top of your screen, you got Jenna Anderson. Hey, everybody. We got Adam Barnhart on the show. What's going on? And before I move forward, I need to deeply apologize to Adam for not no, it's, having It's him. totally fine. No, no, no it's not fine. Whatsoever. It's I not, almost did I, not respond to your message, but that's cool. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad we're making I, up for it. We, we had, as phase zero, you know, you loyal listeners know, but I'm going to explain anyway. We had a big debate over mm-hmm. Daredevil on Wednesday's episode number 34. It's downloaded. It's, it's available in podcast form. I suggest downloading it. Fantastic episode. The only thing that would have made it better would have been having comicbook.com's resident Daredevil Stan uh, and personal friend to Charlie Cox on the show, Adam Barnhart. Uh, and we didn't do that because I am an awful morning person and I did not, my, my brain wasn't working right oh, just yet. But So here he is to talk about Shang-Chi and references to his other favorite character later in the show. Yeah. Also <laughs> on the show today is Aaron Perrine. What's going on, y'all? <laughs> All right. So this is a full spoiler breakdown of Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. It is now playing in theaters. If you have not seen the movie yet, highly recommend doing that before listening or watching uh, this episode of Phase Zero. So we're going to go around the horn, reactions, reviews, full spoilers. This is not uh, where we dive into theories and questions just yet. This is just the first reactions. We go around the horn as, uh, you know, luck of the draw. Adam, you're at the top. You got to go first. Give us your give us your quick uh, review of Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. All right, so I had first reactions last night, but then you have first reactions after sleeping on reactions, you know, so I'll go with those. The best action in the MCU bar none. Don't bring the winter soldier into this. Don't bring that shaky cam mess into this. Shang-Chi has the best action in the MCU. Sorry. Apologies to the Russo brothers. Um, speaking of personal <laughs> friends, Brandon, uh, you know, but Shang-Chi, man, they, the punches need to tell stories. You talk to any stunt choreographer, choreographers, and they'll tell you the punches need to tell stories. And I think there were several scenes where that was more apparent than ever. Um, I, for the life of me, can't think of any other Marvel movie that's comparable in terms of fight sequences or action. Also, holy hell, dragons. If you followed me on Twitter, that's the only thing I've ever wanted from Marvel. We got two. <laughs> not one, not two. We got two and a bunch of mini flying dragons. All right, come on. Dragons Jr., hell yeah, let's go. <laughs> uh, Jenna, go ahead. 
I agree with a lot of what Adam said. I was not prepared for like a third act kaiju fight. Like that was the first thing like my party said when we got into the car was we were just like, oh my God, giant kaiju fight. More movies need these. But then at the same time, like this movie felt so grounded in so much of its sensibility and in so many of its like fight choreography and fight sequences. Like it, I do still love the Winter Soldier choreography and this felt like the closest thing to that. Like we have not really had a true street level fight scene in the MCU I feel like since then because everything has just gotten progressively crazier so that aspect of it was just so much fun and then just all of the characters and all of the story beats really kind of surprised me even though I had felt like they had shown too much in the trailers I still found ways to be consistently surprised so just all around it was just such a great time I wish they didn't show that dragon in the trailer but I agree (laughs) with you Aaron Aaron go ahead um, so I really, really enjoyed it. Um, a really emotional, like family story that I guess you hinted at Brandon, but I was really like surprised. And in my screening, people really seemed to like love like the characters, like they loved Aquafina, they loved Simu Liu, they loved even smirks at like some of the stuff Toy Yuen said, like their dad said when he was sitting out at the table. And of course, Trevor, dear God, Trevor, <laughs> as a person who enjoys Iron Man 3, I'm like, oh boy, just the whole thing. So how long do you think it's going to take them to get those little plushies at Avengers Campus? I said the same thing. I'm like, I, wait, I can't <laughs> wait for those to be at the Disney store. Like, that just feels like a no-brainer. I, I already totally. found one in Target earlier this week. Nice. Okay. I, I was hunting for those little Marvel Studios minifigures from Lego, uh, and I found a Morris. So Really? You know, equally exciting. Uh, no, but uh, I agree with pretty much everything you guys said. I, I And I want to say this. I, I did think the dragon fight was very cool, but it was also my least favorite part of the film. I love the first 45 minutes of this movie. I thought that the first 45 minutes of Shang-Chi were an absolute 10 out of 10. Mm-hmm. And then I thought the second act, from the moment that Wen Wu and Shang-Chi reunited after the fight with the Death Dealer, that was really awesome. I thought the pace really took a quick a quick step back, which it needed to do. And I, I, I'm not ripping it by any means. I just thought it was a very stark change of pay, a sharp change of pace. And then the third act went so crazy in CGI that I just preferred the hand to hand Kung Fu stylized cinematography because it was so good. And that's not even a shot at the, the end. Like I just like, I was worried that it might get out of hand, but it ultimately delivered every, personal intimate beat that you needed for the characters at the end of the movie. Uh, and those were what I really wanted and it gave them to me. I would have just loved to see a more like the movie continue to be grounded. And I think that would have really kept it at like full 10 out of 10 the whole time. But that's I, still like, I enjoyed that third act. I feel like I, every time I criticize something, I have to say, this doesn't mean I hated it. Like I really right. didn't like it a lot. I just didn't like it as much as I liked the first third. Cause I thought the first third was like, I was just, in awe at how much I enjoyed the first 45 minutes of this movie and then ended up just loving it as a whole. Um, Jai Ling is awesome. Mm-hmm. Aquafina and Manger Zhang together love their chemistry with uh, Katie and, and Jai Ling. Simu Liu, dude, this dude is an action star. Like, I mean, he killed it. And I thought Tony Leung as uh, Wenwu slash the, the real never named Mandarin Mandarin uh, was just awesome. I thought it was great. The movie was fantastic. And I will say, I think I've said this on the podcast before. It rings so true. I really, I believe these characters are so interesting. This world is so rich. The The way this movie was made was so awesome. 
that these characters would stand on their own as their own franchise with or without the backdrop of the MCU. I would want more of them. And I just don't know that the thing is, you don't know if this story would have ever gotten a chance if it wasn't part of the Marvel franchise. Would the main, would the big audience have gone to see it? And hopefully a big audience does go to see it because I think it, this cast and crew deserve the support and hopefully we don't get Eternals delayed. But it's a great movie. Overall, that, I think we all agree. We all love it, huh? Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. I totally agree with what you said about like the the second act and third act and everything, especially like the point when Trevor showed up, I was almost like, this feels like a completely different movie. And I hope we don't lose where the movie started along the way. And like they did stick the landing and kind of like give the best of both worlds. But there was I did love like the first 45 minutes so much that I was like, just give me more of that. Like I could just watch that from beginning to end and I would have been content. So I completely agree with you there. I almost feel like. The, the, the biggest problem they're facing for a sequel is that this one was so good. Yeah. Like the, the family drama and the character stuff that was all pretty much resolved for the most part, like him and his sister are like kind of friends again. Although I think she might think he killed their dad. I don't know. That might be a tension point going forward. Um, but the, the dad is gone. Like it's all pretty much resolved. So I loved the, the relationships between the characters so much that I'm almost like, yo, how do you recreate this quality now that you've solved all these problems in the first movie? Are we going to run into an Iron Man two with Shang-Chi two? I don't, I hope not. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. We're going to move on. I do want to say two big announcements. First is that Simu Liu is on the podcast on Wednesday. He's joining us live. Big announcement on top of that. He's not coming alone. Director Destin Daniel Cretton is also going to be live on phase zero for episode number 35. Uh, We are going full spoilers. We're dissecting the film with them. Uh, Wednesday, noon Eastern time, phase zero, episode 35. So huge thank you, not only to Marvel and uh, Destin and Simu for coming on, but to all of the phase zero listeners, because the fact that you guys have supported the show uh, and uh, just really kind of tweeted at these people and told them to come on. Please, I'm not, I'm not encouraging harassing these people, but your support your, for the show uh, has been awesome. And now we're really uh, reaping the benefits, and I hope it's a fun show. Uh, well, okay, back to Shang-Chi Legend of the Ten Rings. Spoilers. Favorite character, we're going to go around really quickly. Aaron, you're at the top. Who was your favorite character? Oh, man. Um, I really, really enjoyed Katie more than I thought I would. Like, I, I haven't been, or like, as familiar with Aquafina's career, probably as some of my other friends who work here at Comic Book, but um, I did love her character in Crazy Rich Asians. Like, I was sitting there, I'm like, I wonder how she's gonna do in this like very action heavy thing. But she handled herself really well. Like, she got most of the laughs in my theater. Like, it was really fun. She even managed to hit a freaking like basically a bullseye on her first time out, like in the major into the battle. So. She's she's definitely going to be fun. It'll be interesting to see how she she and Chang fit into everything else. Adam, who ended up being your favorite? I, I got to go with the main guy, man, Shang Chi. Um, speaking of stuff that they put in the trailers, I think the most impactful line of the whole movie was in the trailers. His like, "Are you not entertained?" Bit. What did he say? Is this not what you wanted? Or yeah, is this what you wanted? Is this what you wanted? Yeah. yeah, I'm like, man, that I gasped. I'm like, oh, wow, that's that's insane. And even though. I gasped and it was in the trailer, you know? So if it wasn't in the trailer, I'm like, man, just, just the read, the moment it was in and, and all that stuff um, kind of sealed the deal for me with, with Simu and, and Shang-Chi. Jenna, how about you? 
I, I completely echo what Adam said. Like that line hit me, even though I had heard it a dozen different times in trailers and TV spots. And it's like, that means that you really nailed it. Like I, I just love Shang-Chi so much. I love the way that he was executed and the way that we got to see so much depth in from him while still balancing like a huge ensemble at the same time. Like I am so excited to see where he goes from here. Cause I feel like there are some obvious answers and there are some less obvious answers. And it's like, either way, I feel like wherever you put him, I am going to be so hyped to see it. I, uh, I, I really loved Wenwu. I thought t- Tony Leung had the best performance in the film and it was a film crowded with good performances. Uh, but I think Zhu Ling is my favorite character. Mm-hmm. I think that she's, she just wanted her respect. Like she never got it and she got abandoned and she just, built an empire and was awesome. Like she just kind of stayed true to who she was the whole film. Thought she was awesome. But I mean, Shang-Chi is just, uh, it's full of great characters, but I do think maybe Zhu Ling. Also, actually, you know, I lied. My favorite character was the, the old wise man who was the arrow trainer, the, the archery trainer. That dude's a legend. Like bring him back. I don't care. We can resurrect him, put his soul back in his body. Uh, But yeah, it was filled with great characters, including Trevor Slattery. (laughs) <laughs> yes <laughs> what did you guys think of the Trevor Slattery return uh, and the kind of retcon of, of Iron Man 3's Mandarin that was the weirdest possible way that they could have gone with it and but it felt so quintessentially like comic booky and quintessentially Marvel it was like okay yeah this was worth it to get kind of the Ben Kingsley apology tour of just like I'm sorry I did this and I'm gonna make up for it by chewing the scenery in like a third of this movie I it was so weird and like I said it almost lost me in terms of the tone of the movie but it made up for it by just the little moments that he had like him and Morris were just so ridiculous together and like he he provided this comic relief outside of Katie that I thought was kind of necessary for a lot of what they were going through so it was just fun. It was fun to see him in a context that was not problematic or weird. So it was just kind of cool to see him come back in that sort of way. Here, the, the, my question about that is that wouldn't Shang-Chi and Katie know who Trevor Slattery is? Like this man was known as like a very infamous global terrorist, like the face of a terror organization who tore the American government down. And they had no idea who he was. Like, cause that was 2013 and he moved to, San Francisco at 14, 14 years after 1996, 2010. So he was 17. So what I kind of like, they were like, they have no idea who he was. So what is it like? What? I don't know. I mean, maybe it's not a big deal, but I was kind of like, wouldn't this guy be super famous? Like what? May, I don't know. That's kind of like, don't you know who Casey Anthony is? <laughs> yeah. Like there are awful people who are famous for being awful and, I don't know. I, I guess I could somebody like that, or I don't know, could walk past me and I wouldn't know. I wouldn't recognize them, but I just you just know the name. I don't know. Yeah. I guess that's a weird example, a weird comparison. <laughs> but, like, I'm just trying to think of like a famous person who was like on trial yeah. for crazy stuff. Like, I, you know? I, I think it's just yeah. the context though of like seeing him show up in this random cave, like rehearsing Shakespeare. It's like, what are you doing here? Like, they might know who he is, but it's more like, what are you doing in this circumstance? So I think that might have been more of the weirdness of it too. Yeah, that's true. That's true. What did they have to give Sir Ben Kingsley to play this role? That's that's what I couldn't stop thinking about. I'm like, I don't know how they got him to do this. Yeah. He he seemed to have fun. I hope he had fun with it because this role was hilarious. He seemed like he was having fun. Right. <laughs> it wasn't 
They weren't riding horses. They were acting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an actor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If those monkeys could do that, imagine what I could bring to the world. I was like, yeah, this is gold right here. Uh, and I really thought that was a nice way to balance it out. I, I thought Wenwu's speech about naming him after a chicken dish, like I loved that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, was great. And it, it, it I, that's one of those things where I think. Um, Marvel fans get something really nice out of it. They get a reward for their loyalty and their knowledge. But if you if you haven't seen Iron Man three, you don't your your experience with Shang Chi doesn't suffer at all. You're yeah. probably just watching that scene like, oh, this is a just a plot detail, but it works anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think we've seen the last of the Dark Gate? We never see the last of anything in the MCU, so I don't think so. <laughs> How many things are up on our weird conspiracy board of things that have gone wrong in the last six months? We have like Doctor Strange tearing a hole in the universe. Mm-hmm. We have that gate open. We have Wanda having the dark hole to hearing voices. There's all sorts of stuff just like mingling in the background where any one of these eight. No, oh yeah, and Loki and them tearing a hole in the multiverse. Excuse me, that's there too. <laughs> like just all of it in one big concentric circle of are they all just going to rip open at the same time or what's going to be the one thing that breaks the straw that breaks the camel's back. I, don't know. The dark, I think the dark gate is fully Mephisto. So we're going to talk about like the, like, I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right, but McLuhan's McLuhan's, mm-hmm. but, but it could be Mephisto. Always okay. could be Mephisto. Like those rings Go and make turning Wenwu into Gollum, <laughs> giving him his greatest desires. Could be Mephisto, um, but yeah, I mean, I asked uh, Jonathan Schwartz, the executive producer of the movie, like, have we seen the last of the Dark Gate? Like, where's Shang Chi going? And he said, it's pretty obvious if you if you've seen the movie, it's pretty obvious what movie they worked with the most closely. But nobody would say. That Simu Liu is going to be in Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. I don't know. We'll talk. We're going to talk about the post. Interesting. Yeah, no, we'd say it, but we're going to talk about those post-credit scenes in a bit. Um, actually, let's just talk about them now. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I, I loved seeing it in a crowded theater because the audible gasps when mm-hmm. Bruce Banner shows up, and then when Carol shows up, mm-hmm. Bruce's arm is in a sling. He's not the Hulk. He's not the Hulk. He's not the Hulk. Adam, what are you thinking about that? What happened, man? I thought that was the whole big deal about Professor Hulk, right? Was that they were going to be big, green, and smart. But now he's just smart. What happened to Big Green? Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. Can he change at will still? That I mean, cool. thanks to leaks and spoilers yeah. from certain some people on Facebook of all places, you know, we know he's <laughs> going to be the Hulk again because of his CGI suit. Um. It's interesting. What's going on? Every time we see Carol, she's busy, man. Show us all of her trips. You know, she's always, she's the busiest woman in the galaxy. Part of me, with Valkyrie. Yeah, part mm-hmm. of me had thought like, oh, is there a teenager in New Jersey who like needs her attention and that's why she mm-hmm. needs to go leave? I was like, that might be fun if that ends up. This, this post-credit scene gave me two things I desperately wanted, which was Carol with long hair again, because I did not like her short hair in Endgame. And then Bruce not being 
smart or smart dabbing Hulk because as I've established <laughs> on the show, not necessarily my favorite interpretation of Hulk. And like I feel like with with depending on when She Hulk is set, we kind of needed him to get back to at least partially being a human because otherwise the whole I'm giving my cousin a blood transfusion doesn't really hit the same if he's a big Hulk already. So mm-hmm. I liked that detail. I'm just curious to see like how far away is this set from Endgame? Like how much time are we dealing with here? And then how much time are we dealing with with everything that comes after? I'm so ready to say farewell to Smart Hulk. I know. I, I've said it. I, I stand by it. Yeah, I don't care. I, Infinity War and Endgame did the Hulk dirty, in my opinion. Yeah. But he got his ass whooped by Thanos, and then all of a sudden, he was a big old nerd. He <laughs> didn't want to fight. <laughs> we love being nerds, but you also got to be ready to fight. Uh, it, it, but he did save everybody, so he did get his hero moment. But I just lo- like I love Rage Hulk. I love Angry Hulk. Uh, I, I prefer that version. I think the Ragnarok version is a really nice balance of the two. Uh, but I, I, I hope that this means we get more Bruce Banner and the Hulk separately. Uh, we're going to talk more about the post credits in just a second. We're going to take a quick break. And uh, when we come back, more spoilers for Shang-Chi and Legend of the Ten Rings, theories and Easter eggs. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch's sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee, plus 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com code odyssey. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Welcome back to Phase Zero's bonus episode number three. By the way, bonus episode number two, our most first day downloads of any episode ever, and we love you for that. The Spider-Man No Way Home trailer reaction breakdown theory session, uh, also available on every major podcast platform, put up huge numbers, and we thank you for that. And as a result, things like that helped us book Simuli Yu and Shang-Chi director Destin Daniel Cretton for episode 35. I hope you will... uh, Download, subscribe, share with your friends, call your mom, tell her to watch live. It's going to be the biggest show ever. Uh, yeah, but we're talking about the post-credit scenes for Shang-Chi. Full spoilers, we're back with it. The Ten Rings, where are they from? Where are they going? Adam, I just mm-hmm. did a whole video about this last night, and I'm mm-hmm. redoing it because I talked only about Dormammu and Mephisto, and I did not talk about the mm-hmm. origin of the Ten Rings, the comic version. So uh, are you are you versed in that part of the Marvel lore? Uh, we could compare it to the comic version, but they don't really um, matter because they can kind of completely did that, right? They used to be they're they're bangles in the MCU, right? Is that the word bangles? Yeah, mm-hmm. um, they're they're not the ten rings in the MCU. They used to be so in the comics, each ring has a separate power, which may or may not be the case. Of, uh, all ten rings can like alter their powers, or you can like shoot ring dust at people, which apparently explodes their head or something, right? Um, are we still talking post credits, or are we just talking rings? Uh, I mean, I'm just talking about that that because because the the post credit scene showed that Wong doesn't know where they're from, mm-hmm. Bruce doesn't know where they're from, Carol right. doesn't know where they're from. So either like some sort of supernatural being. So this right. So going. this kind of slips into my my theory. I wanted to talk about a little bit. This movie either ensures we'll never see Iron Fist <laughs> in the MCU. 
or it directly sits up iron fist. So we got, uh, what was it? Talo, 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 Talo. Yeah. Um, which doesn't really have much to do with Shang-Chi in the comics, but it is like, a, an extra interdimensional city. But if you guys read the iron fist comics, they have the seven heavenly cities, right? And they each have their champion, which kind of, well, so the, the key is the heart of the dragon that Michelle Yeoh said or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Each of the champions has to uh, either kill their dragon or control the, the powers in the heart. So either they're taking the Iron Fist mythos for this, or I'm thinking maybe what if we know there's other mystical cities in the MCU because of the exposition dump with the nice wood paneling or whatever, right? Like what they did with Kang what they did with like uh, black panther and wakanda um so like did one ring come from each city and when Wu captured each city and got all 10 rings or i mean they're pinging something are they pinging big boy fin fang foom or what you know what are they pinging it, it does seem suspicious that they aren't in the codex or whatever the sanctum sanctorum right so where where do they come from Mm-hmm. I don't think space. I think interdimensional. Um, I don't know where. Here's my thing, and, and and I know this is crazy. I know I say I speak I speak of the devil very often, and he has yet to appear. But I, I, the re, like like you said, they're different from the comics. These are not the ten rings from the comics. They're obviously kind of combining stories in one way or another. And the, the signs of Mephisto have been everywhere. Billy and Tommy were introduced in WandaVision. The One More Day comic, at least some version of it, is coming to Spider-Man No Way Home. Both of those stories heavily involve Mephisto in the comics. And this, like the devil, some somebody calling out to Wen Wu, forcing him to be corrupted, to unleash the Dark Gate. I don't know if we're going to get Mephisto or if we're going to see some aspects of Mephisto applied to Dormammu because we've already seen Dormammu as a villain in Doctor Strange. I'm just saying that big dragon thing with all the tentacles, when it started eating all the souls, the purple color, the design of that, it gave me Dormammu vibes. So what, what, what? (laughs) So Dweller in Darkness is a Doctor Strange villain and he's what they call a fear lord who, I mean, Despair from Cloak and Dagger, if anyone watched that on Freeform, he's a fear lord, as is Nightmare, I do believe. So I'm not sure if they just totally took the name Dweller in Darkness and nothing to do with the thing. Because the dwell- comics Dweller in Darkness was like an octopus that formed his own robotic body to make himself like a, a kaiju type thing, at least in one story. Mm-hmm. So you may be onto something. He's certainly a demon or they're certainly a demon or it's certainly a demon or whatever the dragon is. Um, so it could, I mean, it's Mephisto adjacent, right? I mean, yeah. it's a demon. So Brandon's <laughs> on to something. I know he's looking through comics right now. I will say though, I completely agree with the thing, thing, boom of it all. Like, I feel like that if like, when we do get a sequel, I feel like that is going to be my first theory is that somehow we're going to get an even bigger dragon fight and he's going to show up. Cause that feels like a no brainer. So I'm just trying to find in this comic, I got this, this book that I read, it showed these creatures that came out with like, so like this gives you like a history lesson, kind of a recap of a previous comic. This is one of the more recent Shang-Chi comics. And it's just like all these creepy creatures flying out at the behest of Dormammu. Mm-hmm. And that's what, that's really where I got this theory from is that 
these creepy little demon things could be tied to a story like that. Now, will it happen? I don't know. We'll see. But the MCU, they, they take things, they mix them up. That's how we got here in the first place is that they took stories and kick. Go ahead, Aaron. I, I was just going to ask, with them being so old, do y'all think that Kang ever had them? I was thinking about that. Yeah, because in the day... I'm not sure. I've lived a million lifetimes. Because in the post credit scene, they were (laughs) stacked or something exactly how He Who Remains broke down the timeline. So that's the Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. And then I was also thinking, like, what is the over under on Wenwu showing up in Eternals since he's been around forever? And I we we've established that they kind of just sat in the background and didn't really do anything. Like I would not be surprised if they like that opening scene of him destroying the army, if it's like the Eternals are off in the corner and are just like, "Eh, sorry, we can't really do anything, but we'll just watch this. Yeah. What if Wenwu just is a variant of Kang? Anything's possible. Does it cheapen any of the stories if King shows up and was like, "Yeah, I did this. I did all this. This is all me. me. I was Obadiah Stane. I was Wenwu. I was all. I was the master of all your pain, James Bond." (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Okay. The second. The second. uh, Listen, Adam. The impressions don't stop. I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. So you just, you just, everybody just has to deal with it. I can't, <laughs> sometimes I can't resist. The post credit scene, we see Zhu uh, Zhailing take over the, the throne of the Ten Rings. Uh, there are there are like the, the, the more recent Shang-Chi comics have the Five Weapon Society. She is Sister Hammer or his sister, Sister Hammer. Um, he is uh, Brother Hand, like the, the house of the hand. Um, so... I feel like maybe they're going to introduce like a sibling rivalry in the sequel because when they flew off on the dragon, the great protector, she saw their father's body and they never spoke of it, at least that we saw. So I thought, does she think he killed him? Is that going to create some sort of tension? Like you killed our dad, like, what, what, you know, what, any predictions on what that second post credit scene means? See, because I, I don't know, like the tension there, there's a way that it could work. But I also feel like she seemed to almost hate their dad more than Shang-Chi did. So I feel like if anything, it's like, oh, thank you. You got that taken care of. Like this still sucks and I'm still sad about it. But like, thank you. Now I can move on from like the cycle of abuse that I've had my entire yeah. life. So at, like, I feel like there's a way to do a rivalry in in the new status quo of her running the Ten Rings and him being basically an Avenger. But I don't know. Like there, I feel like there are a dozen different ways you could do that just based on how rich these characters are. Yeah. Their entire dynamic gave off massive Thor and Loki energy uh-huh. from the moment that you got the two of them as adults in the same room. And mm-hmm. I was like, are they going to end up making her be like one of these big threats for them down the line? And then he's going to have to drop the like, oh, well, she's my sister. Live the same tone of, oh, well, she's adopted. Like, mm-hmm. that is that where we're going? Because it felt like that to me. I don't know if this is like a that boss baby tweet situation, Jenna, where it's like, <laughs> I'm getting big, big boss baby vibes for this because I've <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I got that too. I think that they're definitely going to butt heads in the second one. I think we're going to see her in Armor Wars. Yeah, I was thinking that too. Ooh. That feels like an easy place to put her. Definitely. Yeah. We do need more crime syndicates, right? You know, I need to, yeah. I need drug I need kingpins to. and all. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> imagine if, imagine if there was something like that coming. Uh, I, I need to just 
start spoiling the movie for you guys before the junket because you guys have better thoughts than I do, and I need to ask those questions. <laughs> By the way, on the post sec- the second post credit scene, that needle drop when then they zoom out and they're training in the yard. Mm-hmm. Perfect way to end the movie, man. Mm-hmm. Just and hype as hell. Did the pandemic happen in in the MCU? Because a lot, some of those people were wearing masks. I mean, that's right. just a thing in like Asia. Like people were doing that before the pandemic. So I don't know. Because yeah, I will say there were like five different times where I was like, "Oh, Razor Fist is going to die here." I was like, "Oh, he's 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 not like long for this world. He's just going to die in this first bus scene. Oh, he's going to die in the next scene." It was like, "Oh, you made it through the end of the movie." I'm actually impressed because I was not sure. Listen, Twitter is thirsting for Razor Fist. Wow. I have seen we. I tweeted a video interviewing Florian, and all the responses were like, "Florian, you looking kind of good." <laughs> How many is that going to be like the next big deal with the license plates and stuff? Is everyone going to get RZRFSD oh, or? I hope not. God, that car was obnoxious. <laughs> oh my god! I think it looked like a too fast, too furious street racer vehicle, man. But it was yeah. too expensive for any of those characters to even afford. I need that car at conventions. Like I need that to be a thing people can take pictures in front of. Cause that just, or like at Avengers campus. Like I feel like that's bound to happen. You gotta wonder how much BMW paid for that. Iconic vehicles from pop culture. You have the millennium Falcon, you have the ghostbusters, whatever it is. Then you have razor fist Jeep. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's right up there. Right up there. Uh, All right. Let's get into some theories. I have a question that I want to pose really quickly. Abomination looks different. Is he a variant? (laughs) Maybe. I don't know. I I almost wanted a little bit more from Abomination. Like I was when he like went through the portal and that was the end. I was just like, oh, that's it. Like we're not getting like a second more footage with you or like any explanation of why you're here. Like I want a Marvel one shot that is just him and Wong figuring out their like staged fight club scenario. Because like, I'm like, how did this happen? How do y'all like even know each other? And why do you have the gills and everything? So he could be a variant. Anything's possible. I feel like we're going to get our answer once she Hulk kind of rolls around. When they left that fighting ring, that thing, wherever they went, gave me vibes of like where Magneto was held in the X-Men movies, like the glass case. But I have no idea what that was with like the red lasers and some sort of I'm guessing that's just where Abomination is kept. So maybe he's like on a loan, like he's on probation from whatever, wherever he was being kept after the Incredible Hulk. And Wong is like his probation officer who's trying to just like get him right. I don't know, but uh, yeah, is is Talo a nexus point? You, kind of like a, like it's a bridge between these realities. I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. I don't I really know about that. Yeah, I don't know if there's much more to say there, <laughs> but I did want to talk about it because I thought it would be interesting. But yeah, opening that opening that plug, opening plugs in the middle of mythical islands or other places near water has been bad in pop culture for the last 10 years. <laughs> Brandon, I feel like you are intimately aware of how bad it is to pull a giant plug out of something and how bad it can go. So nothing good is going to come through that hole whenever whatever comes to that hole. Does. Was that a lost reference? I think it was. Yeah. Let's go. We love the lost cuts. We love are, there, the lost are there only the two big large lions or what are those beasts called? Are there are only two of them. I was hoping for like a whole pack of them. Yeah, me too. 
Um, I just, I actually Googled it and I saw the name. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Also, this is a big week in the MCU for just soul sucking. Like between mm-hmm. this and what it is. Like, Addy's just yeah. the theme. Like my boyfriend kept quoting the line from Mortal Kombat of like, he's about to get his soul sucked because that's just the entire week <laughs> yeah. in the MCU. Um, did Tim Roth grunt? Were, were those Tim Roth Yeah, that grunts? was him. Yeah. Was okay. I think they confirmed that like a day or two ago. So. <laughs> They were called Shi, also known as Chinese or Imperial Guard Lions, which symbolize prosperity, success, and guardianship. Okay. And it's also, I mean, speaking of actors returning to roles, that was actually played by the same lion from Chronicles of Narnia. So <laughs> it's good to see these, these lions getting work. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple of Easter eggs I want to throw out here. Oh, actually, since Adam's here and he's a big dragon guy, do you think we'll see uh, more of the, the Macluins in the sequel? Oh. Just all dragons, yeah. Just dragon spinoffs. I mean, each. I think each Phase Four movie from from here on is going to get like a Disney Plus show or like a special, like the Halloween special coming up or something. So what's what's the Shang Chi's spinoff going to be? Is it going to be the Ten Rings? Because notice it didn't say Shang Chi's going to return. It said the Ten Rings will return. Right. So they're putting. I don't know. Yeah, Dragon. Of course I want Dragon. I want Shao Lao. That's the only thing I want is Shao Lao from you know, Iron Fist. So Who's give us Shao Lao. <laughs> we need the, the Valentine's Day spinoff with the hope Protector and Donkey from Shrek. Um, what if season two? What if everyone was a dragon? This is what I want. Everyone is a dragon. I love it. <laughs> what if everyone was a dragon? Uh, all right. Some Easter eggs I wanted to point out before we wrap up. And then if you guys have anything else we're, we want to talk about, we can get to that really quickly. Um, but there were posters in Shang-Chi's room in San Francisco for movies like Kung Fu Hustle, Stankonia, and The Warriors. Um, Wenwu explains several names that people called him by through the thousands of years or thousand years. He's been alive. Master Khan was one of them, and that is an alternate name for the Mandarin in comics. Uh, there were, there were, this was actually a fun one Jenna reminded me of before we started the show today. There were posters for post-blip anxiety helplines. Uh, just, you know, it's all connected. <laughs> in the fighting ring that Ling has built up, uh, there were seemingly several characters that you could notice from other MCU lore uh, in those smaller fights. One, I believe, was an extremist soldier from Iron Man 3, so clearly just more ties to the Iron Man franchise for this movie. And uh, Adam said he thought he might have seen a Black Widow in there, which makes sense because they're all running free, and if you need to make some money, you know being a superhero doesn't pay you. After the Falcon and the Winter Soldier exposed Tony Stark for not bankrolling uh, <laughs> the Avengers. Uh, they need they need Vought Industries to get them paid. But uh, I also, I mean, I, I did think that when, when Wong was like, the trajectory of your life is about to change. I was like, yeah, you ain't getting paid for it, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's why I, like, uh, I had half expected some sort of reference of why Wong was doing this. I was like, do you just need, like, sandwich money or something? Like, why are you in this fight club? But, like, I just love that it just happened. But I almost, I, I did kind of want an explanation there. This was also the first movie Wong's, like, using the portals to like pop into action. Cause normally he just dips out. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. this is the first one he uses them to come into people. Every so. time he dips out, he just goes to do karaoke. He's yeah. just like, Hey, y'all crazy. I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of trouble. Wong is like, yo, I gotta, Jeez. I got this thing. I gotta, gotta. Uh, and the last one, actually, uh, Adam, you brought this up. It's about your favorite characters. It's, it's you know, <laughs> either bringing them in or ruling them out. Go ahead. 
Fat Cobra, man. Immortal Iron Fist. Um, Matt Fraction was the first thing creator in the credits, I think. I don't yeah. think he's written Shang-Chi, has he? See, I think that that was for mm. the Ten Rings being in his Iron Man run. Right. Like, I'm 95% uh, sure that that was why he was referenced, but if it's also for Fat Cobra, then that would be cool. Yeah, too. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Maybe, yeah. maybe not. Yeah. Well, did anybody else have anything they wanted to mention today? I don't think so. This movie was just so much fun. Like, yeah. I am just so excited to see these characters wherever else they end up. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm going to go see it again um, so I can toss my $10 at it, and hopefully we get, you know, Spider-Man this year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I had I had nine tickets for IMAX last night. Four wow. people couldn't make it. We kept the tickets just to just to uh, <laughs> try to keep all these movies uh, coming out when, they, when they're supposed to come out. Uh, and seeing it in IMAX was a hell of an experience. Uh, brought my mom, who is now standing behind me. <laughs> and uh, she loved it. And she also has a huge crush on Simu Liu. Right, Mom? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, y'all. Well, listen, that's, that's your bonus episode number three of Phase Zero. We appreciate y'all listening and supporting to the, the, the show. If you want to hit us up on social media to talk more, Aaron is at Summit Lake Hornet. Jenna is at Hey, it's Jenna Lynn. And Charlie Cox's best friend, Adam Barnhart, <laughs> is available at Adam Barnhart. And he is very clever on the tweeters. So if you're, if you're on the hashtag Save Daredevil Train, highly recommend uh, conversing on the digital world. That's where the cloud is, BD. I think you know that too, right? That's, that's uh, hashtag Save Daredevil, man, comes with cloud. I know nothing about clout. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, and uh, you can hit me up at Brandon Davis BD and you can please retweet our show on the at phase zero CB account so we can keep doing awesome stuff. I'm so excited about this Simulio episode that we're going to be broadcasting live Wednesday at noon. Uh, so I hope I will see all of you there. Tell your friends, tell your mom, bring your dog, and we will see you on Wednesday. Uh, have a great weekend. Happy Shang-Chi Day. See y'all later.